here i guess where you at who that where you at who that <laughs> a cackling witch <laughs> where you at who that where you at who that <laughs> drew breeze drew breeze <laughs> oh man i forgot about how good sports center used to be back when there were sports what are sports what is sports ball? Um, what's up, man? Man, that's, that's a lot of genitalia in my pool. <laughs> there were some choice lines this 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 episode. Yeah, uh, you what's know, up with you? I got it. I'm gonna start off strong. Pretty good one this week. Yeah, I got a feeling. <laughs> No, that would be a good one though. <laughs> no, uh, I have a little bit of uh, just to get you pumped up. You ready? Okay. You're the best around. Never, never dare to keep it down. You're the best. No one's ever around. Never dare to keep it down, down. What? I, I fucking love that song. Oh, me too. I had a you question. Oh, it's great. It's so hype. I don't even know what any of the other words are. No um, one's going to ever bring you down. Yeah, but the rest, of, does the song have any other words? I don't know. <laughs> I don't Who cares? Um, better, so better montage song, that song or uh, Eye of the Tiger from Rocky Three. Okay, well, you're the best is better than Eye of the Tiger. The problem is War from Rocky Four is the best, and it's a score song. It's not a soundtrack song. It is mind-numbingly incredible to listen to. Is it the one where he's he's on the mountain and stuff? Like, yeah, you've got Drago in the you know in getting pumped full of drugs in the very safe and secure like gym. He's doing these shitty power cleans, like hang power cleans, yeah. and he's running up the treadmill and it's going back and forth between Rocky, the classic American, no drugs at all. Rocky's and he's all running natural. Through the he's all natural. Snow yeah, and, he's yeah. all in the woods. He's training the see Mandela effect. My brain says that. Uh, Eye of the Tiger was in that montage, and it's not. It's not. It's, it's not. It's Eye of the Tiger's in in three when he's doing the intro montage when he's winning all the fights and stuff. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I that I would take that montage is better than either of the other two, but I would take. I think that I would take the Karate Kid montage over the Rocky Three montage. Yeah. But I might no, take I'm, Eye of the Tiger over uh, Best Around. As far as songs, well, They're as far great. as like, iconic songs, I think the Eye of the Tiger wins it hands down. Well, it's got that guitar riff, like yeah, you can't go wrong with that. You I mean, can't, you know that you that can't. guitar riff and like the, the the musicianship of whoever did Best Around. I mean, they're fine, but it's definitely just an '80s manufactured track, you know. I can't hear that song without going into the crane pose. Yeah. Oh man, it's just. Well, he's just like he's doing the quick jabs and winning the winning the matches. All Valley, yeah, man. It's the it's the we speed it up. We get, we get, we're not watching this whole boring tournament. Did you watch 
Cobra Kai? I have not. I'm still saving it. Man, you're gonna, you're really gonna enjoy yourself. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited about it. I'm excited for you to enjoy. It is. It was probably the most delightful watching experience I've had in years. That's great. Yeah, I'm. I'm, no, I'm not saying it's the best. You know what I mean? Around. <laughs> I'm just saying it. You know, it's just delightful. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, that's that's good, especially with something that is. Uh, if you told me we're making a a, a Karate Kid TV show, I'd be like, <clears throat> nope, Mm-mm. not. Nope. Yeah, me too. Nope. Yep. Let me have a few memories from my childhood. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, not saying there's nothing wrong with it. I'm saying there's nothing wrong with the experience of watching it's, it. It's not disappointing, which would yeah. be my default. Look, would be that it's not anything more than it is. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. not fucking Tolstoy, but maybe it is. Yeah. <laughs> that was a shout out for Bill right there. What's yeah. up, Bill? Tolstoy's montages suck. Um, welcome to episode 150 of i don't like their old stuff the podcast where we answer the question what's the hype i'm jayho and with me is groove oh this is 150 i didn't realize it was 150 well last week was 149 so this is uh that this is what comes after 149 if i'm still if my calculations are right just so you know 150 in kilos is 330 pounds Okay, there you go. There's some math yeah. minute. <laughs> I was doing my weightlifting today, and I actually went to try to do a certain thing with 150 kilos, and <clears throat> I don't um I don't usually train in front of the people that I coach. Yeah. Uh, usually, I train while the gym is closed, but I had. Um, I had to do a, like a one-on-one introductory session while the gym was closed today. And then I ate some food and, and so I, I had to train while everybody else was training. Yeah. And I was doing this like really hard series of movements. Like usually with a series of movements together, you call them a, a complex. So uh-huh. like you do a variation of the competition lift. So I was doing like two clean pulls and then two hang cleans and then two cleans from the ground. And and that's a lot of work to do six repetitions in a row. Yeah. Is more, usually you do like two or three repetitions in a row. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did a certain way. I did 140 kilos and I was like, well, that felt a lot better than I thought I was going to feel. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to try 150. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I did. I did the first five movements and then I missed on the sixth movement in front of everybody and I was fucking mortified. And everybody was like, boo. Everybody's like, I quit. <laughs> Fuck I, this kid. I'm not <laughs> those who can't do teach, I guess, huh? Perfect. Do you ever play best around in the gym for him? Dude, I played it three mornings ago. Did you? That's good. Yeah. I'm into that. We were, that's why I'm, I'm so fresh right, to man. talk about that yeah. Rocky Four score song because yeah. a guy came in and was like, yo, put that on. And I was like, whatever, this song sucks. And I played it and I was like, I want to listen to this all day. <laughs> yeah. I was playing songs from Karate Kid, songs from Rocky, songs from Iron Eagle. Oh, Iron Eagle, another good one. Yeah, I was um, into it, man. I want to see who I, it, the great Bill Conti did the Rocky music for the first three Rocky movies. I wonder if he did it for for this one, that one too. The musical score for Rocky Four is composed by Vince DiCola. 
Okay. Who later oh, composed good. music for the trans Transformers the movie. <laughs> Rocky Four is the only film in the series not to feature original music by Bill Conti, who was replaced by DiCola. However, it does feature arrangements in of themes composed by Conti from previous films. Okay. Yeah. I mean that Bill Conti stuff's good too, so Yeah. Yeah. Has a great James Brown song in the beginning. Living in America. Shout out to my hometown. You know, you know we got that James Brown statue, Augusta. Yeah, of course I do. You bring it up every time. I do. I do. I try not to talk about too much, but um, yeah. So you got any housekeeping? No, not really. Ain't nobody said shit to us this week. Probably because I put the episode up like five minutes. Well, I, I wasn't gonna say I got a, I got a text from like four different people. <laughs> Dude, I was they, the, said, they said, hey, did you guys not record or is Joey just slacking? I said, don't you dare ever ask. Yeah. Now that jinxes it. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, I know. Mark I'm not gonna I was like, I'm either. going on a fishing trip tomorrow and I need the episode. I was like, well, I'm not going to post it today then. Definitely not. Um, Rookie not, mistake. I was so mad about how the end of the episode just fucked up last week. And yeah, I was just disgusted with it. And then I was like, I need to edit all this shit. And then I was finally like, you know what? It's just, I'm just putting it on the timeline. And, and it's it, the end of the show is an existential mess. So I, I didn't, I didn't even go like, I was like, I'm not, I'm too mad. I'm not going to go listen to that. Yeah. I was just, we were on, we were, on, it was a heated discussion and then it just kept fucking up and I was just mad. I got mad all over again. I'm Cause sorry. I went in, uh, I went in to like write my show notes for the tonight's episode. And it was just like, as we're going through, I'm deleting, like I keep it in a notes app. Right. So yeah. I delete it as I'm going. So I know that like I've cleared it out and I just, it was all empty except for the fucking OC episode. And I just got pissed all over again. Shit. Yeah. See, I keep my, I do a separate note for each episode, but cause in case I oh, you got a little scrapbook, got a little IOLTOS, uh, Evernote notebook. You like you you only like the first ten episodes, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't have them going back that far. Evernote ain't that old. <laughs> God. Um, yeah. Yo, can you believe time out? Can you believe how many episodes we've recorded since we started back? Uh, we haven't missed a week, I don't think. We haven't missed a week. And it's been like when I pulled up the OC tonight, I was like, episode four. 14 we've done 14 weeks just with the oc added like we added this as a joke yeah and it was like halfway through our, our relaunch that we started that i think season three yeah <laughs> season three yeah officially it's season three but clave get on that poster clave don't clave. listen anymore clave don't even listen no more no, they, we, yeah. i don't even think zell got to the episode where we talked about him and jackie's like a month behind Oh shit, Jackie! Yeah, just everybody just falling off. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm not sorry, all, not all them motherfuckers who texted me today, say, or not today, but this week, saying, <laughs> "Yo, where's that episode at?" Though? Yeah, well, it's nice to be uh to be. I didn't do it out of spite this time. I was just frustrated, and I didn't want to have to mess with it. And I'm sorry, but I it was that's what spite is. <laughs> yeah, I was. Usually, I would try to deprive the listeners of something though, and I was more mad at myself and the computer. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, what's your hype? Um, old Buster Rhymes videos. All right, some hype Williams joints. Yo, last night I watched. Dangerous. Put your hands where my eyes can see. Yeah. 
uh, uh, Breaking Neck and Wuha. Is that hands where your eyes can see? Is that the one where he's got the paint all over him? Yes, but it's also in Wuha. The paint like is- turns out Buster Rhymes puts paint all over his body several times. Okay, he's into it. He's like, all right, well, we gotta. What about the paint? He these videos are still incredible. Oh, like Hype Williams is a master, like amazing. Like he, he just elevated videos to a, a new level of art. You know, all, all his Missy Elliott videos I, with the trash bag suit and everything. Like, yep, all that yep. shit is fucking dope. Did you ever watch that movie, Belly? No, did he direct that? Yeah, he directed that movie. It's on my list. I need to watch it. I have the soundtrack on vinyl. Oh, wow. I love that movie. Is Tupac in that movie? No, it's DMX and Nas. Okay. So it's a little bit later, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a little later. Um, That Buster Rhymes video for that song where he sampled the Knight Rider theme. What was that song called? Something about hot or something. Uh, that that one was pretty good too. I think it had. Yeah, I can't. I think it had like a right now. Knight Rider car in it. Or dangerous, dangerous is so good because it's got it's got Spliff Star in it, and he's like he's in whiteface and he's getting arrested, and like they've got to get Buster Rhymes to help capture this criminal. Yeah, and like they're running on top of the cars, like down the traffic in the street. It's like, but it's it almost looks like it's stop motion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I just sat like I was just sitting on the couch last night, and I pulled up YouTube because I didn't want to watch any like TV shows or anything like that. And this interview with Buster Rhymes was suggested. It was like a two hour interview where he's just sitting on a couch and like somebody's got a show, an internet show where they like have people on and they interview them. And they were sitting there talking about the music videos, and I was like, I'm not gonna listen to them talk about it. I'm gonna go watch these videos yeah. again. And I just like fell down a rabbit hole of like half an hour of Buster Rhymes music videos. Buster Rhymes is criminally underrated as a rapper, too. Like he totally is. Very- and I'll tell you, I played um When Disaster Strikes in the gym like a month ago, and every fucking song still bangs like it's so and and the irony is like half the people that were in the gym that night were like whoa what is this playlist it's really good <laughs> uh, <laughs> i have that album on vinyl i uh, actually do um some friend of mine gave it to me it's hard to find That's- some of those uh some of those hip-hop albums from that era if they've not been re re uh remastered or whatever yeah, reissued. It's funny because like a lot of, I mean, you associate hip hop with DJ culture, but in the late '90s, they stopped making that stuff on vinyl sometimes. Um, and it just, it was just like hip hop as a genre in particular has kind of fallen through the cracks in that era, um, like late '90s, early 2000s on vinyl. So it's, it's some of that stuff's worth a lot of money. But yeah, that album's great. Um, Buster Rhymes like just super influential in a way. I don't think he gets credit for. Um, you know, he was in leaders of the new school and like, it was yep. very, like he was on a lot of the early tribe called quest stuff. Yeah. Yep. Um, people forget. No, he stuff. said in that interview that his mom signed his first record deal with leaders that he was 17. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, he had to have been young because he, he got popular after tribe and all that, that he came up with, mm-hmm. you know? So he was like the younger one out of that group, I guess. Um, I mean, he wasn't Yo, in tribe, but he was the guest star, on a lot of tracks and stuff. Check this out. Yeah. I went to a concert in eighth grade with my friend, Dustin and our friend who, you know, 
Lopo. <laughs> and it was a Puff Daddy and the Family Tour. Okay. And the opening act was Buster Rhymes and Split Star. Hell yeah. And the two of them absolutely killed it. Like, they were so good. And, of course, we were, maybe not of course, but, like, we were bigger into Buster Rhymes at that time than we were Puff Daddy. Like, Puff Daddy was pop, you know what I mean? And yeah. it was fun, it was I cool, but was we were really there for Buster Rhymes. Yeah. It was so good. And at the very end, their final song of their set was take it off yeah and they stripped down to their silk boxers and they just gyrated their hips directly into the front row <laughs> to the beat of the song and everyone loved it yeah that's awesome uh fire that's it me. up was the name of that song i was trying to think of yeah 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 um yep. yeah i would love to see him live he's got such great delivery love it him and him and twista like uh, i love their style of like super fast rapping you know yeah like i don't know everybody's everybody well, like um tech nine yeah i got i got a buddy who's super into tech nine yo people that are into tech nine are into tech they nine. are that is their that's the only thing they listen to yeah it's just <laughs> tech and nina <laughs> einstein yeah <clears throat> I, I went through it i went through a tech nine phase yeah i believe that <laughs> <laughs> He's good. Yeah. Pineapple, Malibu juice, pineapple rum. <laughs> <laughs> Casey Moe, baby. Casey Moe. Yo, if you don't know Tech Nine, go find Tech Nine's Einstein song and add it to whatever fucking playlist you're listening to right now. In fact, I'm going to add that right now to my fucking playlist. Tech Einstein. Put that on the IOLTOS playlist. Okay. Yeah, straight up. Jackie said the other day I should make a, a playlist of all my started off strong songs and i was like oh then i can't then so i can just not listen to that (laughs) (laughs) nobody wants to subscribe to that we have a lot of listeners with questionable tastes so they're probably offended by i bet there's several i bet mikey's a bear naked ladies fan (laughs) he's He's secretly a bear naked ladies fan he won't tell anybody but he's super into him when they came out um well, sorry. So that's your hype. It's Buster. That's Rimes. my hype, man. Fucking Buster Rhymes, hype, baby. Hype Williams, Buster Rhymes. Um, what about you? Uh, we got this air fryer. Oh, uh, I just saw a tweet yesterday. Like, you can't be in your thirties unless you try to get somebody to buy an air fryer. Uh, oh yeah, well, that's the joke. It's the new like CrossFit where you don't, you, you if you got the air fryer, you don't shut the fuck up about it. And I've so, been, I've been just, I've been grumpy not having one because everybody else is bragging about it. Um, and <laughs> Jackie's grandma and mom got us one for Christmas, early Christmas present. Um, I don't know if you know this about me, but I have a curved 4K Samsung television. <laughs> it's one of my prized possessions. I, I I tend to talk about it a lot. It's like uh, one of my like symbols of of my station in life. Love that thing. And this is this is uh you know on par with that. I feel like we got the Emerald Lagasse version. It's got his little signature on it. Okay. Every time you open the door, it goes, bam. It doesn't really, but it'd be sweet if it did. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it's large. It's a big air fryer. Like a lot of people, that's what people were complaining to me that had air fryers. They're like, the only thing I don't like about it is it's small, but this one's like a really big one. And I'm just putting everything in the air fryer. I put the old toaster in the air fryer. Just, to, just fried it up. Don't need it anymore. 
What does it do? So it, it, it uses superheated air to basically fry things without oil. Okay. And as okay. I've said before, I don't, I, I love like fried foods and stuff, but I don't want to fuck with the oil because I don't want, it scares me. Number one, I don't want to burn myself with it. And it just like smells up the house and stuff and gets everywhere. Yeah. So I, that's why I don't make like chicken wings and stuff at home because I don't want to fuck with any of that. Um, and I don't want to bake those. So it, it, it uses, it's like a convection oven. It's superheated air. Um, but it, it basically fries it. Um, you know, and if you like spray something down with oil, it'll fry it pretty crispy. Um, so you can make wings in it. Uh, I put garbanzo beans in there the other day. Okay. And, uh, put a little garbanzo beans with some, uh, some powdered ranch dressing seasoning on it. Did some with, uh, some barbecue seasoning and makes these crispy garbanzo beans. So you just eat them like, you know, peanuts or something. Um, I made, uh, so we got some, you know, you're familiar with checkers fries, right? Yeah. What? Ish. Okay. What rallies? No. Ish. Okay. They're like beer battered fries or whatever. They're like the like real orange looking crispy fries. Okay. So they have those in the frozen food aisle here at the grocery store now. Um, and usually frozen fries suck, right? Um, yeah, but these are pretty good. And in the air fryer, they come out just as if you ordered them from the restaurant. Like we did them the other day and they're super crispy. And I was just like, holy shit, I don't even, I don't even love French fries. And these are amazing. So and so it's like uh, people say that you, you reheat your leftovers in the air fryer. It makes them like really good, like especially stuff that doesn't really reheat that well. Um, Yeah, so I'm excited about using it, you know. Of course, I can't. I, I can't make chicken wings right now. So, <laughs> all right. I mean, I'm gonna have to follow up on that. You don't have an air fryer? No, I don't have an air fryer. Get the fuck out of here. Well, guess you don't like uh, delicious things like me. I'm not, I'm not. I don't have the 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 culinary taste of, yeah. of Joey Hall. Sam Rolagasi, man. Sets. Damn, they don't. He don't hey, you know, you, you know, um, my boy Brian lives in Knoxville. Oh, yeah, He's got yeah, the yeah. pizza restaurant. Yeah. When we were like junior, senior year in college, the two of us decided to take a road trip on spring break. Yeah. And we drove from Knoxville, Tennessee, to New York City, and we stayed with one of my friends, like in Philadelphia for a night. We visited with. Actually, we visited with like Sapku and Reaper and those guys from Video and Andros. Yeah. And then we went up to New York and New Jersey and visited a couple friends up there. These are all, you know, these were mostly friends of mine that I had just been like, you know, yo, we're going to come into town. Can we crash at your place? You know? Mm-hmm. And, and Brian and I, like, we were like, at that age, we're like, we were like, we can do this, right? Like, we could just decide to like, to like save our money and just, you know, go yeah. on our own. Like we didn't tell anybody that's what we were doing. You know, like we didn't yeah. like ask permission. You know, we were just like, we were just two right. dudes just yeah. driving up to New York. And while we were up there, Brian had, he had like a couple of meetings with the food network. Um, oh, okay. And because of that, 
we got tickets to a filming of the Emerald Lagasse show. No way. So you went and you saw him in person. We went and watched. We were in the audience for one of his tapings. It was really interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was cool because they had like the, the, the kitchens stuff, yeah. in the back where like you could see them. They had already prepared all the food so that they could do it for TV. Like it wasn't fake or anything, you know, it was just like. No, but that's, there's a way that they it. do that stuff and you don't see it yeah. the editing. So, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so it, was, it was cool. It was neat. And, you know, uh, it was like peak Emerald at the time, you know, yeah. this is like well, you remember he, had, he had like a sitcom for a while. Did he? he had a show. I swear to you, I'm about to look it up right now. Hold on. Yeah, I think you're right. Emerald I think sitcom. Yeah. It was called it was Emerald called- <laughs> American TV series. <laughs> it was called Bob's Burgers. It was one season, believe it or not. Three of the episodes never aired. <laughs> okay, that was like when they just like pushed it a little too far. Um, yeah, but you know they don't they don't just put Emerald's name on anything. Yeah. He's a, uh, you know, you, you know it's good. They could put Emerald's name on the on the air fryer. Bam! It's got the rotisserie <laughs> attachment too. So you need a chicken in it. There were rotisserie chicken in it. I mean, you could if you weren't a fool and were on a pescatarian diet like me. I've just been watching videos of people cooking pork and chicken and beef all week i think i'm finally reaching the limit of my pescatarianism <laughs> i watched i watched a video about uh, brown sugar encrusted pork chops today <laughs> just cried yeah um what's your not the hype um i don't know if you can relate to this or not but i really don't i do not enjoy trimming my beard and I get to this point where like it becomes unmanageable and I need to do it. Yeah. But one of the reasons I have it in the first place, cause I don't want to fucking manscape or yeah. anything, you know, like yeah, I'm just I like, know. I just let it grow, whatever. But my mustache gets out of control becomes a soup strainer. Oh yeah. Yeah. That yeah. you get the curlies over the edge of your lip that just kind of, you can't get them out of yeah. you. You can't stop from they just in your mouth and it's hair and for me the the edges the outside edges of the mustache they start to curl out Mm -hmm. yep and like that's not necessarily a look that i'm always into yeah so i came home today and i had to trim it but like i'm not trying to trim my whole beard i'm just trying to get this mustache under control yeah and so now i trimmed down my mustache but like the rest of my beard's like fucking wild so i kind of look amish Yeah, and like, like, neck beard also like it's it's so stressful because if you you know i got one of those little bzzz, yeah you don't want to fuck it up yeah if you yeah. fuck it up then it's like all right i guess i'm just gonna look like an asshole for a couple weeks yeah wrong one wrong move you might have to cut that whole beard look it's a minor inconvenience yeah see i i'm my beard it's been a long time since I've, i never had one as long as yours but it's been a while since i've had like the full beard um, yeah i always have like the the shadow beard, you know? Um, but I usually go like, I'm in most of my beard experiences, like grow it out and then completely shave it off. Yeah. Cause I don't want to fuck with that. You know, sometimes I'll get in the mood and, and want to trim it and stuff, but usually I just want to like always be in a process of growing one or, you know, restarting one. 
but I, 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 I'll be honest with you. I'm thinking about. It. I can't remember the last time I saw my chin. Yeah. Well, you've 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 traditionally had a beard most of the time I've known you. So. Yeah, and I can't remember the last time I took like a razor to my face. Ooh, man, this it's probably be kind of shocking right now. It would be break awful. Out a lot. Yeah, I break out a lot anyway. I shave a lot more regularly than you do, obviously. I ain't doing but, that. Yeah, I just shaved the other day. I mean, keeping mine short because I was like worried about the COVID shit because they said that like it's better for your mask if you don't have beard. But I also didn't have a real established beard when it all started. So well, we all know about established facial hair. Yeah. I can go, um, man. I tell you what, like if I just like, if I shave my beard and I just like push out air in my cheeks real fast, I'll, I, my beard just pops right back out. <laughs> quick, like two weeks, I've already got a beard again. <clears throat> my buddy Dustin works for Chick Fil A headquarters. Yeah, and you're not allowed to have a beard. Oh wow. Yeah, and he's had a beard, <clears throat> you know, for a decade at yeah. least, and. So he had to shave his face and like keep it shaved. And so, you know, the guys that are in our little group text, like everybody's got a beard. Like that's just, (laughs) it's not, it's not even like, it's not like, it's not a thing anymore. You know, like beards got like, it's like a, it was a statement. It's never been a statement for me, you know? So I I just like, that's just, I just have a beard, like whatever. Like I don't even think about it. And, uh, and then when he shaved his beard, it was like, whoa, dude, you just went like, younger by like 10 years you fucking child yeah but now that they're like corporate headquarters for chick-fil-a they're like working from home until like the summer yeah so he's grown his beard back and he's like gets on these zoom calls and, and like he's like oh people like make comments but like i'm not in the office so yeah. <laughs> i don't have a beard yeah there you go man rebel yeah really rebel against the, against the chick-fil-a orders. establishment yeah um. Yeah, I mean that's, that's trimming your beard's a pain in the ass. So, uh, what's your what's your not the height? Oh, Spectrum Internet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're the problem. I don't know if they caused the 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 IOL TLS failure last week or not. But I'm gonna blame them. They suck. Just terrible. I pay for extra for the better internet. It's it used to be Time Warner or some shit. Uh, it's they just changed the name because everybody hated them so much and they're like oh we spectrum now it's better no it's not i pay fucking extra 25 dollars a month for faster internet and the shit has gotten slower since we switched to that just fucking shitty so that's my not the hype we don't have to we don't have to belabor it i've already talked about how mad i was about the episode last week (sighs) what's your what's your hype still out my hype still out is i announced uh, I've, I've really announced it to myself for a while, but I announced publicly on Facebook that uh, I'm retired from DJing regularly. You done it? I did it. Um, it doesn't feel that real because I haven't. I've. I'm, it's not like I'm turning gigs down because there aren't any right now. Yeah. It'll be like a whole. I didn't call my spots and be like, "Hey, I'm not coming back" because they haven't talked to me in months. And so I'm just like, "Well, we'll just cross this bridge when they call me to like, hey, we're reopening." I'll be like, oh, "I'm retired. Sorry." Well, they'll, they'll probably just check your Facebook. Uh, well, they might, but whatever. That's fine. If they don't call me, they don't call me. Um, they don't I don't call me. Yeah, well, I'll call you. Yeah. 
Um, and then a bunch of my DJ friends got on there. were like, nah, man, it's in your blood. You're not going to, you can't, you can't give it up. Like you can't. And I was, just, me. I was just like, well, unlike you guys, I have a personality. So my whole life doesn't revolve around this shit. You know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm kidding, but not really. I don't give a shit about playing at my local fucking club. You know, just get yelled at to play the fucking wobble again. Um, yeah, so I don't know how to feel about it, but I mean, I, I don't feel much of anything right now, but like I said, it's gonna be a different story once things open back up and I'm like, kind of giving something up here, you know, but I'm just fine with it. You know, it's kind yeah. of, it was a relief to say it to publicly and have people notice it, you know? So I, uh, I'm, I, I will, I will go on the record and say I'm happy for you. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, I think, and also I think you made the right decision. Well, you know, you were one of the people that I consulted with about it and valued your opinion on it. And so I appreciate that. Cool. I think I'm going to be okay. You know, I mean, you're definitely going to be okay. You're going to, your quality of life is going to go back up you're gonna enjoy listening to music again and then you'll get to pick and choose your spots yeah you're right well and now i'm on i I can once i'm ready to go back to doing some of it i can just fill in every now and then and maybe have fun yeah and and not do it go back to doing it as it was my hobby forever and then it became my my income you know and so my only fear is like things are okay right now as far as like i'm making money on my graphic design stuff but you know, who knows? Things change, you know, so it is a little bit of security that I'm giving up, but I'm not missing anything right now because it's there is no gig to have, you know? Yeah. Somebody called me today about, hey, we need you to play this uh, volleyball tournament for free. And I was like, oh, uh, no, I'm retired. So <laughs> sorry. So, man, yeah, speaking of people calling out for work. Yeah. Uh, you know, P. Kane filmed that uh, Kid Rock acceptance of the yeah, Waffle House yeah, Legend yeah, Award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That so was they a Waffle called, House Award? Waffle House Award, yeah. Okay, the I missed Legend that part, Award. yeah. That's for having the most people fight to your music in a Waffle House <laughs> over your career. <laughs> My name is <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, apologies, Jake, if you're listening, but... Uh, yeah. So, uh, Kid Rock has a bar in Nashville. Oh, yeah, I've, I'm familiar with it. Okay, so it's been like it's been fined and shut down a couple times yeah. since COVID because uh-huh. he's you know a fucking idiot, and uh, they have no social distancing, no masks. They don't give a fuck, yeah. right? <laughs> they called up P. Kane yesterday. And they said uh, Kid Rock's going to be having a uh, debate watch party oh tomorrow God. night, <laughs> and he he. There, we're wondering if you could work it, if you could film it for us. And he said, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> he just said no. No reason, said, just nope. He texted me and said, I just turned down this work. I said, yeah, good. And then about an hour later, they called him back. And they said, well, Kid Rock might be having a face-to-face with Donald Trump. Does that change your mind? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! He said, "Nope, <laughs> <laughs> not in the way you wanted to." Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Notably, we're missing the that debate right now, but I'm glad to have had any excuse not to have to watch it. So, 
Yeah, I, I mean, the, okay, we're gonna mute microphones now. Cool. Yeah, cool. That's sweet. That's genie's out. This is where we've now. gone. We're gonna. Yeah. We've gotten to the point where we're holding our hand in front of the child's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. Um, <laughs> that's pretty funny. What's you got any hype still out? Yeah, you're fucking air fryer. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I almost put it as my hype still out to you. I mean, we, we you're gonna use that shit like five times. I don't know, man. It replaces our our toaster oven because it, it has a toaster setting on it too. So, so I'll, I'll let me speak it. from personal experience. Okay. <clears throat> a couple of years ago, I bought the best rice cooker that money can buy. Mm-hmm. It's got like artificial intelligence in it. Yeah, yeah. And I used it every day. For like, <laughs> this is actually pretty funny. I was like, I was like getting back and eating rice, and I love rice. Like, yeah, I yeah. I could eat rice every single day. I fucking yeah. love rice. Nothing to me is better than rice. Yeah, and and I was putting, <laughs> I was on a weight gain because I was like, it's hard for me. So I used to compete as a, as a 94, 96 kilo weightlifter. Uh-huh. And then they changed the weight classes. Like it, I was competing as a 94, but I was getting to the point where I was having to lose like 10 pounds just to be able to make weight. And yeah. it was affecting my performance. So I was like, okay. And the weight classes changed and they went to 96 and then 102 kilos. Um, and I was, <clears throat> so I was like, all right, well, I'll go to 102. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll just stop trying to cut weight. I'm going to yep. go in a, a lot of... So the way that you gain weight properly is to eat a lot more food, but like good food, and then train with a lot more repetitions, right? You increase your volume. Volume is the number of repetitions you do per day. And so I went for like three months just eating like a horse and training my fucking ass off to get as big as I could. And I was like, okay, I'm supposed to be eating two cups of rice, uh, you know, per day, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what I'll increase because I, I thought I was I was I wasn't eating that many carbs. I was like two cups of rice per day. That's a, that's a huge increase in my carb intake. Yeah. And uh, I was I was putting two cups of rice in the rice cooker. And about five months in, I was 110 kilos. <laughs> so I'd overshot. Yeah. But, you know, overshot. Uh, 109 was the next weight class up. And I was like talking to these people at the gym. I was like, yeah, man, I just like, I don't know, man. I've just been eating more and training harder. And it's kind of crazy. I didn't mean to gain this much weight. And they're like, well, how many cups of rice do you eat in a day? I was like, oh, two cups. Well, well, two cups basically with each meal now because I'm using the rice cooker and I keep putting two cups in. So I'll just like eat that with breakfast and I'll put more rice and I'll eat it with dinner. Yeah. Like two cups of rice per meal. That's a lot, you know, like, yeah, that's four cups a day. And I was like, yeah. And then they kept talking and we were talking about rice cookers and, and it came out that I was putting two cups of dehydrated rice in the rice cooker. And they were like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. So that's equal to like way more than two cups of rice. Like four and a half yeah. cups of rice. <laughs> I don't even think I could eat that much rice in one sitting. I was eating. I was eating it two times a day. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So you stopped was, using the rice cooker because of that. I basically. <laughs> you just quit eating rice. It's, it well, the problem is ball. if it's there. Yeah. I'm gonna fucking eat it. Yeah. You know, I was you eating made less rice. I, I could have made less rice. You're right. I could have made less rice. Yeah. But I didn't. I just kind of stopped using. 
Let's stop using it. Well, send that rice cooker down here because Jackie's it rice just sits there, sucks. stares at me. No, I'm gonna start using it again. Oh, yeah, okay. Now I'm gonna make less rice. Jackie's uh, Jack. We had a real nice one, and Jackie melted it um, somehow. And then now, did she got... put it in the air fryer? <laughs> no, <laughs> I should have put. I should dig that thing out of the garage though and put it in the air fryer. See what happens. Um, <laughs> No, but now she's got a new one, and it it's a uh, it's fun because it's a uh, it's like a it's like Russian roulette of rice because you put the rice in it, and sometimes it cooks it, and sometimes it don't cook it at all. But it takes the same amount of time to not cook it as it does to cook it. So dinner is ruined a lot because <laughs> the rice cooker is, you know, unpredictable. I burned myself on the oven yesterday, and I turned to Jackie and I said that the air fryer would never do this to me; it would never betray me like this. Straight. So, uh, what you been consuming? Oh man, I've been going down this well, this like rabbit hole of uh, old sad shit we used to listen to. Um, I forgot about this guy, and well, I think you used to listen to him a lot too, uh, Greg Laswell. Oh man, I can't handle him anymore. <sighs> It was uh, it, his music is so good, but it is very melancholy, very sad. And, and there's some sad memories attached to it for me, you know? Yeah. Um, For you, too, I'm sure. But like I, I he has had a lot of albums since I last listened to him. Um, And he's he's but he's got one that came out like five years ago. That's called I Was Going to Be an Astronaut. And okay. what he did was it's kind of cool. He did it. It's got a, a spoken word intro to it where he explains it on Spotify. And it's basically because sometimes he plays with an orchestra and sometimes he plays on a guitar and sometimes he plays just with the piano. He's had to like redo a lot of his songs um, as far as the arrangements go mm-hmm. for different applications. And he also has talked about how some of those songs have changed meanings for him. So he's made them like, you know, less something or less you know upbeat or more upbeat or whatever um to reflect that and so the whole album is just like kind of reworkings it's kind of him covering himself and it has okay. like all the all the hits that you know of um that he i mean i even i wouldn't know i don't know if you call them hits but his big singles off of those albums the first albums that we listened to yeah and it's you know like piano reimaginings really stripped down a lot of them um and he does a a couple of new songs on there i think and um uh, it's pretty good actually, but like it, it definitely is like I can only listen to it for a little while before I start getting like, oh boy, I'm getting sad here. Yeah. Um he's got he's a, a great songwriter. He, he is a great songwriter. He 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 like has a way of like really he's very visual in the way that he's he, his lyrics, you know. Um but um he's got a, a covers album that came out last year. He, he did a covers album a couple years ago and now he's got a newer covers album. It's you probably wouldn't recognize any of the songs on it. It's like just r- random, you know, songs from little known artists that he likes, but he did cover a pl- placebo song. I don't know if you're familiar with placebo. No. Uh, what was that song they had? Friend in needs a know. friend in needs a friend indeed a friend in mean it better. No, talk about started off strong. Yeah, um, you would recognize it if you heard it. They did a yeah. they did you know Fight Club? Yeah, you know the end. They do that cover of uh, "Where Is My Mind" by the Pixies. Yeah. That's Placebo yeah. who does that cover. Um, okay, 
pretty interesting band, like kind of like gothy glam, I guess, but more current than that. I mean, they've you know been active over the past twenty years or so. Um, he did a cover of that, and I listened to some placebo, and that was actually pretty good too. I, I kind of like them, but also kind of sad and depressing music. So I've just yeah, been down in that hole. So. This week. Yeah, I've just been down in that in that depression hole, just <laughs> just snuggling up with the void. Um, what do you Hold been, me. Yeah, <laughs> what have you been consuming? Well, two albums came out on Friday last week. Okay. I think I may have mentioned well, I definitely mentioned the Kevin Morby. Yeah, yeah, he did. So the, he had four singles out and I kind of stopped listening to him because I was scared I was gonna play him out. Uh-huh. And so the whole album's out and it's a it's a great listen, man. It's really enjoyable. Okay. And I'm I am certain you would enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. I'll it is like shot. two ticks to the left of everything that you like. Okay. So close enough to the style that you like, but different enough that it's probably going to be really like interesting and engaging for you to, to like listen to. He's the one that's, um, uh, that's Waxahachie's boyfriend, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I could be wrong, but I think, I definitely think this most recent album is like, it's more accessible. I don't know. It's cool. It's really good. And then, um, when that album's called sundowner, sundowner okay right this down. yeah and then um i i think i've told this story before so i'm gonna go quick with it but um sturgill simpson <clears throat> had to close like he had to cancel his tour mm-hmm. from his most yeah. recent album which came out last year um and it turns out he had coronavirus oh wow. while he was yeah tour. Okay. yeah you, yeah you told me that i think you mentioned that on the podcast but not that he had had coronavirus but i guess he recorded this album in well various locations he went, or something. He, he like when he quit the tour, he was just like making joke posts about being in the woods and doing this dick daddy survival school and stuff like that. And it was all tongue in cheek. And then he he slapped some merchandise on some there's that logo on some merchandise and, and sold it for charity. And he said, if you guys raise, you know, one hundred thousand dollars, I'll really I'll, I'll do a live show. And yeah. during that live show, you know, he said, if you you know, if you raise two hundred thousand, I'll, I'll, I'll cut a, a new record. And it was it's all bluegrass covers of his own music Mm -hmm. and he got the best of the best musicians to come in to the studio with him bluegrass musicians and it is so sharp it's so good and it's really fun like it's it's good on its own as a bluegrass album and it's even better to get to listen to some of the songs that many people have been spending years listening to mm-hmm. that have been reimagined as bluegrass songs. That's cool. And in his email that he sent out, you know, with the album <clears throat> to people like on his, like subscribing to his website or whatever, he said at the end of it, cause everybody was under the impression he was not going to make any more records. He had given a few interviews during the release of his last album, Sound and Fury, where he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. You know, he's like, I'm going to go into her. And then I'm going to go home to Tennessee and I'm going to stay on the mountain for the rest of my life and watch my kids grow up, you know? Gotcha. And, and like, that's one of those things, like, I can't really be mad at him, you know? But like, he's so an he's incredible a liar. artist. What? So he's a liar. <laughs> Fuck off. At the end of the, at the end of the email, he said like, he said he was like, you know, raised on bluegrass, but he never really enjoyed it that much. And his grandfather was like, 
one day this will make sense. Like one day you're going to love this music, you know? And, um, and he said while he was recording it, he like fell in love with making music again and, and that he's, you know, he doesn't know if he's going to do another album or not, but he's having a lot of fun making music. And so probably like hope, hope springs eternal, you know? Oh, wow. Um, none of the songs from sound and fury are on the bluegrass, uh, record. So it's all songs from his first three albums. And, um, I've been playing it. Like I've been unashamedly playing it at the gym. And like, if you don't want to listen to bluegrass while you're lifting weights then just go fucking go somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, I'm like hit or miss on bluegrass. I I actually like it better live than I do listening to. Like, I don't just sit down and listen to bluegrass that much. But there is a um, one of the things I miss from from COVID is um, on Sunday nights here at like the hipster bar in town. They had a really badass four you know four part bluegrass band, and sometimes they would have other guests come in and play with them, and they would do a bunch of cover songs and stuff that were really good. And it was just like fun because yeah. it was just like everybody's dancing and having a good time. And so I just kind of got to be in the mood for bluegrass. But, I, I you know, I'm not familiar. I, I know some of Sturgill Simpson's music, but I haven't listened to his whole catalog or anything. But Well, one of the things that I'll cop to is like he's kind of hard to understand in his traditional albums. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like the, his delivery is, you know, like muffled. And so listening to some of the bluegrass songs, like – I'm picking up even more lyrics than I would otherwise. Like his favorite song, like my favorite songs are his, like I know the words, you know, mm-hmm. cause they're transcendent in their lyricism. Like they're great, but you know, getting to li- listen to him enunciate a little bit more in the style that is, you know, along with the genre, like it's, it's cool, you know? So I would think that if you, you know, if you want to hear what he's saying, like listen to the bluegrass song first and then go okay. listen to the original version of it. And that's like, that's gonna be really cool. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I mean, I'm I'm not opposed to it. I I, I like him in theory more than I like his music, I guess. Right. Um, yeah. Sure. But I but I, I'm not against it or anything. I just never have. It's never grabbed me. Um, like it has a lot of my friends. Um, I remember. I think it was 2016. Yeah. Um, maybe it was 2015 or 14. I I can't remember. It was a while ago when Metamodern Sounds and Country Music came out. And I remember reading like a year end album review list of like the best albums of the year. And it was near the top. And I was like, who the fuck is this? And I looked at the album cover and I was like, this guy's a fucking asshole. Like, I'm not listening, <laughs> yeah. you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. country music, like yeah. a country music album is at the top. Like what? And I, I didn't listen to it because I was like, that looks like bullshit. And then I guess it was a couple months later and I, I'm willing to bet all the money in my wallet that it was Mikey who said you really need to check this album out yeah and I checked it out and that album Metamodern Sounds of Country Music is uh it's it's a really incredible piece of art and it sounds like I don't want to say this because I feel like it'll turn you off to it Mm -hmm. but it sounds like a jam band meets a country band Right. In the best way possible. I think I understand what you mean by that. Yeah, he's yeah. like he really he plays with sonic oscillation and tension and release and like there's a lot of like it gets spacey, but it's it's really cool and yeah. and and so I, I listened to that album and I I wound up listening to it. It became the gateway drug for me into country music mm-hmm. and 
And it was maybe a year later, I was reading an interview where he said, yeah, that album cover was a joke. Uh, He's like, I tried to look like the biggest douchebag possible. That's (laughs) That's like, it worked. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, friend of the show, Kevin Delion, uh, has been a a fan of his forever. And Uh always has tried to get me to listen to him, but I don't, you know, I don't do anything Kevin asked me to do, so. No, No, why would you? No, definitely not. Um. Well, you know, I mean, you're not going to listen to it now, but no, you know, in a couple of years, you, I'll listen you know. to it and I'll just pretend like yeah. I found it myself. That's how it's what I once. This reminded me of this, this movie Jackie and I watched recently. Have you seen this movie Blaze? No. Uh, are you familiar with a art musician by the name of Blaze Foley? I don't think so. Uh, do you, uh, do you fuck with Towns Van Zant any? Yeah. That shit. Um, which is the sort of spiritual successor to stuff like Sturgill Simpson, right? Yeah. Um, sort of alt country stuff. Um, so Blaze Foley was this guy that played with uh, Towns Van Sant, and he was kind of a uh, he was just a, a incredible musician, you know, like a savant or something, I guess. But he he died tragically, and the movie is all kind of about his life. Um, and it's got the um, uh, you know who. Uh, who is that person? Uh, Aaliyah Shawcat. You know who she is. I don't know. She was in Arrested Development. Okay. She's the daughter in Arrested Development. Okay. Um, the Bluth daughter. You know the youngest okay. one, I guess. <laughs> yeah. She's in it. Um, and then it's directed by Ethan Hawke. But okay. The soundtrack is actually really good. I think you might like it. And she actually performs with this guy. Um, who's the guy? Oh, it's Ben Dickey is the name of the guy that plays Blaze Foley. But she perform. They perform some of that guy's songs on the soundtrack, and it's actually pretty good. It's got that that same kind of alt country vibe to it. Obviously, so um, you might dig it. I mean, that the this, the the uh, the movie was cool. It was kind of a little bit of a. It's pretty slow, you know, but it's interesting. It's kind of biopic about this dude um i guess it's like sort of it's compared to inside lewin davis or whatever that movie if you've ever seen that yeah sort of similar to that so you might you might want to check it out i don't know you could just listen yeah. to the soundtrack you might might dig some stuff on there so it just made me think of that because I, I don't think i brought that up on the show before we probably watched it about a month ago two months ago maybe okay yeah yeah no you haven't mentioned it yeah it's just called blaze 2018 film i think it's on netflix what else you watching on Netflix? Anything? We're still watching a bunch of horror movies and stuff, you know. Oh, that's right. It's Halloween month. We're not watching a. We're not watching any series stuff right now. Any like TV series? I'm still watching Doom Patrol on. Finished season one of Doom Patrol on HBO. On to season two. But you know, just that and the OC. Speaking of the OC, if you're not watching the OC, get the fuck out. Welcome to the OC, bitch. Let's go. Um, so I feel like we should cover a little bit of last week because we did not finish that. Okay. Well, I already deleted all. I my know, fucking- but like, I want to say like the episode was weird. It had a lot of dark shit in it that was like not happy. So it was a weird Christmas episode, right? Yeah. Um, we had the Seth kind of breaks up with. Uh, Anna and Summer. We didn't cover that. I don't think. 
Sure. He says he just wants to be friends. They say they don't want to be friends. Um, we have the showdown between Ryan and Marissa. Um, and you also told the story of your friend that I got cut off, I think, about your friend in, that lives in L.A. And just, oh, really? It got cut off? I think it was part of the T-Pain stuff. So I wanted you to tell that story because I kind of <laughs> got it, but I didn't fully get it. Straight up, last week. Well, okay. No. When And I think I told the story when we first started watching the OC that – Back in 2004 or so, I was hanging out with my buddy P. Kane, already mentioned. Yep. I know. And we went over to our mutual friend Molly's house. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting in Molly's bedroom, just hanging out, shooting the shit, whatever. And I look on her bookshelf and I see season one, the OC box set on DVD. Yep. And I proceeded to clown her saying that she was a stereotype and show what the hell are you doing watching a, you know, a teenage soap soap opera. opera, This is nonsense. And she looked me dead in the eye and she said, have you ever watched it? And I was like, of course I have not watched it. What the, I'm not, (laughs) you know, whatever. Yeah. And she said, well, let's just, you know, she was very like, she responded to this, like incredibly mature. Like she did not defend herself. She said, let's just watch it. And I was like, okay. And I got into my like mystery science theater 3000 like mode of like, I'm going to fucking rip this show, you know, as I'm watching it. And we put on episode, we put on episode one and PK and I just sat there just wrapped with attention. And at the end of the episode, I turned to Molly and I said, like a child, I said, Oh, what's going to happen to Ryan? (laughs) And and so we watched another episode and then before long it was time for Pekin and I to leave, you know, and it had gotten late at night and we borrowed the DVD box set. We drove back to Pekin's house. We went down to his basement and we laid on the floor like children in sleeping bags and we watched the OC until the sun came up. Yeah. And last week, Molly messages Pekin and I in a group thread and says, my friend is dating Misha Barton. And so I started a rewatch of the OC and she, and I said, are you fucking kidding me? I'm recapping this show week by week with my friend on a podcast. And she's like, you need to have me on. I am Seth Cohen. And I want to talk about Chris <laughs> We should have her on. She can tell us about it. Is she going to meet Misha Barton? She's going to meet Misha Barton. So like, I will text her and say, like, when you meet Misha Barton, you need to come on the podcast and please justify her existence to me. What? Maybe she can get Misha Barton on the podcast. Hell no. Misha Barton ain't going to get on this podcast. Misha Barton was in a movie I watched the other day. Say that again? She was in a movie that Jackie and I watched the other day, a horror movie. Wait, that was you? I thought it was Ninja T watching that Mm -hmm, movie. mm -hmm. It was me and Jackie. It was a movie called Spree. It came out like last year or this year, and it's got the guy from Stranger Things in it, Um, the the Steve, the guy with the hair. Oh, really? Like, guy that is a douchebag at first, and then you like him. Yeah, Um, the only good one? Yeah, he, he... so he's in it, and Misha Barton is like, just appears as herself, I think, in it. She gets killed with a drill. But it was weird to see her at like, she's like 40 or something, right? So th- 37, probably. Something like that. It was. It well, was, she was 16 in 2003. All right. So she's at least 26. No. This has been math talk. This is. So she's 30. So she's almost 40. She's 32. 
It's 26. I don't know. She was 16 when the show started. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know how old she is now. I can't do that math. You're the math expert. Am I? Well, I guess if I, if I said how much she weighed, you would know how to convert that. <laughs> um, yeah, she was in this movie. That said, if you wanted to catch up on Rachel, uh, uh, not Rachel Bilson, uh, uh, Misha Barton, check out Spree. Right. Um, yeah, that's that's wild. So she, she, you're like, it's like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever, but seven degrees of Misha Barton with you and. Well, now it's about to be. What one, two, three degrees? Yeah, I'm basically. I mean, basically, we're friends. <laughs> now you're friends. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. It's not that far far fetched that she might come on the the show. It didn't seem like she was doing a whole lot before the spree movie, so I don't know. Maybe things have taken off. Um, okay, well that, that wraps up that last episode. I guess that's that's what got cut off was the, the wrapping it up. We were we were pretty down on that episode. It was kind of a blah depressing episode um so this episode is episode 14 this week and it's called the countdown and it is the new year's eve episode uh in season one and uh what do we have any improvements here is it better Um, better yeah i i think that everybody remembers the chrismica episodes because it's branded really well yeah But this is really where we've got, like, we, that was kind of the end of another arc, kind Mm -hmm. of, right? And we've got the beginning of a whole new arc, which I don't even want to talk about. Like, I'm fucking (sighs) dreading it. But we've, we've, but this is like, we've got introduction of a new character. We've got introduction of a new conflict. We've got miniature conflicts that get resolved within the episode. We've got, you know, we've got a lot going on. And, I just, you know, like, I think this is a, a, a whole, like, on the whole, a better episode. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, even though it doesn't feature Melinda Clark at all as, uh, what's her name? Turns out the show can survive without her. Yeah, and Luke is not in this episode for the first time in the series. Wow, no, yeah, notable. What, are you pulling that from the fucking trivia? IMDB had it in the trivia. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, so... But yeah, I, I thought this this was a pretty good episode. Uh, I feel like there, I mean, there's a lot of episodes where I, I feel like Seth is kind of underused, and this is one that I felt like he was a little underused in. Um, he had some really good lines, but uh, I guess we're more focused on Ryan in this one. Um, I kind of forget that Ryan is the lead of the show, I guess, because I I'm so attached to Seth, you know. Um, right. But it, I mean, it's, it's not like Seth's not in it. He just he he just doesn't have a whole lot of agency in this one. Um, yeah, we have the introduction of uh, of Haley. Uh, in her skivvies. In her skivvies. Um, she's just in the pool house, and Ryan comes in and is like, what are you doing here? Well, time out. Yeah. If we're going to go chronologically, we need to go with one of the strongest winks to the audience imaginable. What, what was that? The show begins mm-hmm. with Marissa and Ryan coming back from a movie. Yep. And this is obviously when Master and Commander was out. And she said, I don't know, three hours on a boat. And Ryan said, I thought it was pretty good. And she said, I just don't think Russell Crowe's that attractive. I mean, a lot of people say he is. I just don't see it. And Ryan goes, I I don't think about it. (laughs) Yeah, he does. What is is it? 
that because Benjamin McKenzie at that time was being touted as a young Russell Crowe. Oh shit. See, I did not make that connection, but that totally makes sense. Cause that is, there was a joke there and I felt like I missed it. And yeah. That was yeah, the joke. Yeah. It's they like, did, yeah he's like, it he's was the writers clowning yeah. fucking Benjamin McKenzie. That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, and notably in that scene, then then after that moment, we have uh, Marissa says, I love you to Ryan, and he says, thank you. <laughs> it becomes the running theme for it's the great. night. There's some great moments with with that particular uh, gag throughout the rest of the episode. Yeah, because it happens twice more where it said one time, the best line delivery the whole episode was... Seth, Sandy Cohen said, what did you say back? And 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 Seth speaks for Ryan and says, thank you. And Sandy goes, well, that was polite. <laughs> Yeah, and then when, when and Sandy, then Oliver says it to Marissa, he's like, "Well, at least he's polite." Yeah, when Sandy and Kirsten, Kirsten leave the room in that scene, Seth goes, "I love you guys," and Sandy goes, "Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> so good. And then, and then we'll go. I mean, we can go ahead and cut to the very end where Ryan, you know, and, and we're going to talk about this scene, so we won't talk about the scene yet. But he said he finally says to her at the end of the episode, "I love you," and she says. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting. Uh, th- 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 they they do a good job of that little mini arc through this this ser- this episode. Th- that's the big problem for Ryan is he he's never told a girl that he loved him before, um, and he doesn't know what to say. And like you know, um, yeah, obviously puts his foot in his mouth. But um, and you know, Seth clowns him multiple times about it. Um, yeah, and then we have the the appearance of Haley, um, who is obviously like this hurricane of a person that has no regard for anybody else. Um, and then she sets up this kind of implausible situation where she there's a Sandy, the Sandy and Kirsten storyline in this is that they're in a rut. It seems kind of invented to me. Like, why yeah. are they, they're kind of like in a marital rut or whatever. Uh, it, it seems a little contrived, but then Haley talks him into going to this party, but she doesn't go to the party with him, which is odd. Cause like somebody told me to go to a party that I wasn't invited to, I would expect them to go with me. Right. Yeah. But so she, she creates this scheme to get her, them out of the house. And then there's Ryan has talked Marissa into staying home and watching the ball drop. Cause he doesn't want to have a Marissa moment. Right. Yep. On New Year's Eve, which you can't blame him based on her previous track record. Yep. Um, and then Seth is like still, you know, excommunicated by Summer and, and Anna. Um, so that's set up. And then th- they, Marissa sees Oliver again in therapy and he invites her to a party and she decides she wants to go to this party. So Haley has to create another situation to try to get ryan and seth out of the house and so they and that was a great moment with Haley talking about marissa counting down the clock and she's going back and forth like seven six five and she looks at oliver and oliver's there without his girlfriend and then it's smash cut right to seth and ryan ready to go out yeah yeah like and that that particular monologue of hers it if you've ever been with somebody who i've dated some people in the past that had inappropriate relationships with other friends, you know, or like did things to make me jealous, you know? And it, it uh-huh. gave me a little bit of like, I was like, Oh, that's a horrible feeling to think, Oh, the person that I care about is with some other person 
that they might kiss on New Year's or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, I had some kind of tra- trauma flash before my eyes with that stuff. Um, then, and then the timing is just perfect on that because Haley gets them out of the house just one second too late. And it's, it's turns out that Haley has, is throwing this rager at, at their house. Right. Yep. And all these people show up and it is like a, it, it, it's like, it's like a slapstick comedy. Um, people just pour into the house already drinking. Just, they come in and just smash the Shooting champagne, just spraying champagne over Seth and Ryan. Uh, it's just smashing. Come in. One guy comes in and just immediately smashes the, 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 uh, the lamp on the floor. You know, it is, it is really slapstick. It is like college, you know, animal house party just erupts at the house. And so then Seth and, and, and Ryan, like the idea that they're so chaotic Yet they all arrived at the same time. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's bizarre. They all show up at the same time. I mean, it's done for comedic effect, so it's funny. And it yeah. puts Seth and Ryan in this position where they cannot they're trying to go to this party to like save Marissa from this dude or whatever. Um, and they can't leave because they they you know they, they feel responsible with Sandy and Kirsten out of the house to try to save the situation, you know? Yeah, and Haley winds up locking them, tricking them, and locking them in the the pool house. First time that door's ever been locked. Um, in the the series, you know. Yeah. Um, and kind of weird that you can lock somebody in. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess the way the doors would work on something like that, maybe you could. But of course, yeah. of course, you could. It, yeah. But like, but you don't you don't think about that until you lock somebody in. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and so that happens, and all the while, Sandy and, and Kirsten are going to this party, and it turns out it's a swinger party. And, <laughs> and, they, and they call each other's bluff. The, the most annoying noopsie of them all is there. I don't know what, we should know her name by now, but the one with the No, hair, we don't know. Her name is the most annoying noopsie. And of course, she's there as a swinger, and... You know, they, yeah, they kind of call each other's bluff and the, the watches are put in a bowl instead of like keys. It's watches in a bowl. And, you know, these these noopsies are, are going to have this swingers. You know, they're going to hook up with people that are not their spouses. It's like the most Newport eyes wide shut party ever. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, maybe they're swingers, but like it's just on New Year's Eve. Like it's just once one time a year, like on the full moon, on the blood moon, they're yeah. gonna come together have a once a year. And it yeah. turns out, thank God, everybody at the party is smoking hot. Yeah. Well, it's funny that like who goes to would you just go to a party that you didn't know anything about? They had no idea what anybody was gonna be there or anything. Haley was just like, You guys need to go to this party. Here's the thing. I would definitely go to this party. I would go to a party that I didn't know anything about. Yeah. But I'm certain that I would not be in like allowed into a swingers party. Like surely those people that are organizing the party are going to be vetting who shows oh, up. Yeah, it's they, not like they're just going to have like, it, it, by the way, Haley hasn't been in Newport in Seth says since puberty. Right. Right. So she, it's been at least five years mm-hmm. and She's in town that one day and she already's got the read on a fucking swingers party that she's not even going to. Yeah, I guess that's Haley. She just lives to have fun. 
That's what they say. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. And, and the, these noopsies are the ones that like they, they would be horrified if Sandy and Kirsten showed up because they know like they don't want people telling their business and they know everybody's a big gossip. So they are they're just accepted like, oh, you're here. It's great. Um, yeah. Welcome. A strange situation. And yeah, they so Sandy rigs it to where he takes he takes his watch out of the bowl. Um which I got excited for a second because his watch, the watch that I thought was his, was like the Rolex that I, is like my dream Rolex. It's like the one with the blue face. Um, oh yeah, sub, sub yeah. Mariner or whatever. Today, I think. today we learned that you're you're a fucking watch guy, eh? Uh well, I, I like to look at them online because I can't afford that shit. Got a time? You wear a watch? Yeah, I have a little Timex that I wear. Okay, I mean I haven't worn a watch. I wore a watch for like three months when I was seventeen. Um, I started wearing one because it, it took me out of situations where I was looking at my phone in public. Um, it, it just cut down on that a little bit, especially if I was like performing or whatever, you know, so I didn't get distracted. Yeah. So I just woke up my watch instead of like, look at the time on my phone. Um, but anyway, I would love to have <laughs> like that. Um, but it wasn't, I was like, man, this isn't, this isn't the Rolex of a carpenter or whatever Sandy is, you know, Jesus. Um, it was obviously Sandy's a little bit less fancy than that, the, his watch. So, um, yeah, so all that was happening. And then we have, you know, Marissa at this party and then it just so happens that Anna is at the party. Um, and Oliver claims that this is his party, but Anna seems to not know who Oliver is. Um, and Oliver's the one that, that Marissa met in, in therapy. Um, Anna and Summer are at the party and they have a little interaction and they both are, you know, pining for Seth, you know? I felt so bad for them. Yeah, I still, man, I didn't realize that this whole love triangle thing got dragged out like this, you know? Yeah. I feel like we kind of resolved it, but then, no, we brought it back up again, you know? Um, yeah, and then it's... They're, then Ryan's in a mad dash to like get all the people out of their house because Haley needs their help getting the people out of the house. And then Ryan has to try to make it in time to kiss Marissa at New Year's. And there's this tension between is she going to kiss Oliver? You know, is Ryan going to make it? Ryan's stuck in traffic. Um, I did think it was hilarious when they it, Ryan was like, all right, we got to clear this party out, Seth. And Seth's like, this is what I was built to do or whatever. Yeah, this is what I do. Yeah, this is what I do. Um, back to the party real quick. Does it does it count that somebody finally went in the pool? Did they go in the pool? They went skinny dipping in the pool. That's oh. a lot of genitalia in my pool. Yeah, I don't think so because I think somebody's got to get thrown in the pool. But yeah, yeah. well, these these folks went willingly. They went willingly into the pool. Yeah, they were at the party for seven minutes and were skinny dipping already. We're already yeah, just jumping in the pool. Um, It's a wild party, man. I don't know what else they needed to tell you to that make that point come across to you. It was wild. Haley throws ragers. She throws a rager. Um, So we 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 know a couple more things. Like Haley's in. Haley owes a bunch of people money. You know, Haley's in some trouble. We don't know where that's going to lead, you know, if if it's our first time watching. Um, and, yeah, you've started to tease out some of the problems with Oliver that he doesn't seem to be what he claims to be. Uh, it's kind of convenient that he has a long-term or long-distance relationship with a girl who didn't show up. Um, seemed like he would have known that day before that she wasn't coming. Yeah. 
And, you know, we, we recognize that something's off with Oliver and he does seem to be a little bit of a manipulator. Now, I'm not going to go any deeper with Oliver other than the fact that I fucking hate Oliver oh, yeah. and we'll learn why later. Yeah, he, he he's an annoying character, but there is part of you that's like, oh, maybe he's just this charming dude. Um, yeah. And we, we're not spoiling. We don't want to spoil things here for people that are watching. So it, it, right now he is this questionable, charming dude. So we'll see where it goes. Um you know, in the future episodes. But yeah, at this point, there's a lot of things don't add up about him. Um, I did not. It, this this is the 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 beauty of of kind of forgetting some of the stuff. I did not know whether Ryan was going to make it or not. You know. Well, okay. So for me, I wrote here that this is probably the fifth most iconic scene of the season. Mm-hmm. That I forgot about this ending until the episode started. Like I forgot about this moment until the episode started. As soon as the episode started and they said it's New Year's Eve, I knew immediately what was going to happen at the end of the episode. See, I totally forgot that part. Um, yeah, so I did not remember it. Um, but it is very iconic, and it is it is uh, one of the times they eventually overdo this technique, but it's still effective here where they slow everything down. Ryan's running in slow motion to try to beat the clock to get to Marissa in time, you know, and, uh, this fantastic song, one of the iconic songs of the series, which is, a uh, dice by Finley Quay, um, is playing. Yep. When you roll the dice and, 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 uh, great song. And yeah, he comes running in the room and, and you don't know if Marissa might, might kiss Oliver. And then she sees Ryan and her face lights up. She drops Oliver. She goes straight yeah. to Ryan. It's, it looks like she drops so a glass cool. of champagne just on the floor like smash. Um, yeah. Mojito. Mojito, yeah. Virgin Mojito. Um, Virgin Mojito. And just goes straight to Ryan and this is the moment where Ryan tells her he loves her and she says thank you and it's, it's a nice moment. We had... Uh, I was, it I, is a, it's a great moment. There's a couple other moments that are... I thought that was the final moment of the episode, and I was really excited that there was a, kind of a postscript still yeah, happening. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I was, like, really ready to be like, man, damn it, Marissa. Fuck Marissa. Um, but, yeah, she, she's still likable in the end there when, when she's, like, so excited that he's there, you know? She has not... And I, I will say, like, I actually... I... <clears throat> this is we're beginning an arc where I am the most friendly to Marissa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I got, you. I really That's do. Good. Like, I think that, um, Misha Barton does a good job mm-hmm. with this arc. Yeah. And I think it's, it's there in the beginning that it, and we'll talk about it, but just for the record right now, I'm going to say that we're about to have some pretty good Marissa episodes. I think, I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. I'd kind of forgotten about that. And then by, by the end, when I was like reaffirmed my faith in her, I was like, okay, yeah, I know. And I, now I have a general, I kind of know where this is going. Um, yeah. So that, that's there. And then, uh, I, I back to the house where the, Haley's cleaning up and, uh, uh, Kirsten just lights into her, you know, like I, you need to grow up and blah blah blah. Um, <laughs> in that moment, we can talk about it more, but like I, I love in that moment that she's like, Kirsten's like, I'll help you clean up, and then Haley's like, I don't want your help. Uh, I'll finish in the morning. I'm going to bed. I'm like, I'm going to bed. What you can't deny somebody's help for cleaning up their house. Just say I'm going to bed. Like then you're just leaving them to clean the house up. Like. Yeah, I don't want your help. Well, she's gonna clean up anyway. Like, yeah, uh, it's kind of funny, but I guess that's like 
Haley's character, you know. Classic Haley. Classic Haley. Um, we all know somebody that gets upset and then just shuts down. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, I thought that the, the episode was a little tighter this time. The, the storylines were, were kind of focused. Um, well, there's. I got one more thing. Sure. Here. Anna got smart. Yeah, she... So, I mean, Summer and Anna are both upset, and then Summer forces this guy to choose. Somebody has to choose between the two of us. That was my heart was breaking for Summer there, where she's just so frustrated, you know. Yeah. And and then you know Anna's like so Summer lands with this boy that she doesn't really care about, well, right? And, and when she's talking she's, to Anna, there's a, one of my favorite lines, probably my favorite line of the episode, is like the guy's like, "Yeah," but and then she goes, "Yeah, I don't care." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, actually, I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. She's like, I don't, yeah, care. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, but so Anna is a little bit, you know, sad about the, the, you know, being alone on New Year's, and she leaves the party, and she goes, and it's funny because, right, Ryan is desperately trying to get through traffic to get to the party, and Anna just like casually leaves ten minutes before the, <laughs> the New, Year's, and she winds up back at. It was traffic going out of the city, not into the city. It was, a, it was yeah, a, sure, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. 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 So Anna, Anna go, gets smart. She goes back to the Cohen residence and finds Seth. And like side note, like she comes into the house, and Seth's parents, like the Cohens, like they're supposed to be good parents, but like they don't know that a girl has just gone up to their son's bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're not doing anything more than just like making out and being high schoolers, but like still, like I was like, wait a second, she got snuck right up there, didn't well, they she? Did, like, they did just come from a swingers party, so we, you know, <laughs> would say what you will about their parenting. Oh, uh, so one of the lines that Seth said that you know he's like, well. Captain Notes has had too much champagne, and Carson Daly's kind of a ginormous tool. There's some digs at Carson Daly, and I thought about it. And I was like, "Holy shit! I didn't realize Carson Daly had been doing the New Year's Eve thing that long." Yeah, but I guess so. It's been 20 years of Carson Daly doing doing the the New Year's Rock and Eve, right? Uh, question for you. Yeah. Have you been in a hotel with a penthouse suite? Mm, I think so. Yeah. Have you ever been able to gain access to the penthouse suite without a key card? Definitely not. That's right? what I thought you, about that when he ran in there. I was like, you're not going to be able to get up there. It's, yeah, it's not just the fact that like you can't access that floor in the elevator without the key, and you can't access that floor in the stairwell without the key. Yeah. So, Much yeah. less get in the door. Yeah. So there's that. Plausible deniability um, there. I think Ben McKenzie might be a bad kisser. <laughs> Maybe he might. As he went in for that kiss, his mouth was wider open than the mine when I was watching the OC like a for fish. the first time. Yeah, like a fish, just like a oh, like a trout, just a trout, <laughs> ah, like Billy ah, Big Mouth. Ah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do think that Seth is a good kisser. Though. Well, okay, so my final note of the show, it was definitely the most poignant moment when Summer's making out with that guy. And she pulls away from him and she goes, you're not Seth Cohen. Cohen. And I knew that Anna was back at Seth's house and she had done the smarter move. But like Summer's realizing like, holy shit, like I'm really into Seth Uh, and I can't. I, you know, I can't make out with anybody else. And very very uh, shrewd of Anna. Anna kind of pulls the summer move of like doing the brash thing 
of going yeah. to the house, you know, like in historically summer's the one who kind of does these cutthroat things like that. And, and Anna's decided to play the game. She's got to, she's got to go for this, you know, and be a little, be a little cutthroat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some other notes I had, uh, another great song for the series is, uh, Jim's just a ride, which plays at one of the party scenes. I think it's just a ride. Uh-huh. It's just a ride. Um, Jim also does uh, a cover of Maybe I'm Amazed later on in the series, I think. Okay. Um, also, the, the Wild Party, there was a lot of ska being played at the uh, yeah. at the, the the party at Cohen House was a lot of ska. I was like, I did just, you know, nondescript ska music. Um, <laughs> which I, I thought was notable. Um, some other, uh, another little bit of uh, trivia. This is the first time that Rachel Bilson and Melinda Clark are in the intro as main character or main uh, really? feature cast. Yeah. Apparently. This was the okay. first episode where they were, uh, which is funny because Melinda Clark is not in this episode, but, um, yeah, I guess they, they, that I, I suppose both of those characters, it was not sure whether they were going to be on the whole season or whatever. And they've, they've been included, you know, it's kind of funny that Tate Donovan got included before Melinda Clark, Linda Clark. Cause I feel like she's had so much more to do, but I guess that's just the way they wrote it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was a good episode. There's some tension. There's some good, uh, we kind of got back to a nice, uh, solid adult storyline, paralleling some of the stuff of the kids storyline. Um, so with some like tough choices and awkward situations. Um, and then, you know, introducing Haley as this, uh, other force of nature is, is interesting. I agree. She's gonna, you know, we've not seen the last of her. Yeah. Yeah, she's in she's in it more. Um, another actress that I was like, oh, that's her. She was in some stuff and then she disappeared. Yeah, um, she yeah. was in that uh, remake of Friday the Thirteenth, I think, um, like ten years ago. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so that's that's uh, episode fourteen. Yeah, anything else to add? No. Any other texts you want to read of it? Or- <laughs> No, no, I'm good. No. I'm good. Listen to that Finley Quay song. That's a great song. Put it on the put it on the playlist. I will. I'll put it on there. Finley Quay was like kind of hot there for a little while. I forget what that song was he had on the radio. He had one song that was really big on the radio. Um, yeah. Well, that's uh, I guess that's this week's episode of I Only Like Their Old Stuff. You can find us on our shitty website, iltos.com. You can email us, I only like their old stuff, at gmail.com. Send us a mail. You can find us on Spotify, not Apple, and uh, other places where there are podcasts. Um, you can Google my air fryer, which is an Emerald Agassi signature model, if you want. Bam. Bam. Kick it up a notch. <laughs> I wish it just said random Emerald Agassi quotes when I opened the door. I would pay more for that. It was just like... <laughs> Kick it up a notch. You know? <laughs> uh, bam. It'd be great. It, 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 they could do it to where it was like, not every time you open it, but just once every like hundred times. So it just shocked you every time, you know, bam. Yeah. Oh God. Forgot it did that. Um, all right. Well, we out. <laughs>
See you next time. Have a good night.